With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode number 55 of the Cheese Stakes and Controllers podcast, presented by Fox PHL The Gambler, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, and iHeartRadio. I am esports and gaming insider Jason Finelli, and I missed you guys. It was a great week, had a great little vacation there with the family, went down to Florida, went over to New Jersey, uh, lots of beaches, lots of... Uh, quality time spent with my people but now i am back i am here and i am here to update you on all of the things in video games that you have been missing um we're going to talk about overwatch league as we do they're going into week three of the summer showdown tournament uh we're going to talk about a sony presentation that happened on thursday we talk about the things that happened there and where it really ranks among the other uh sony state of plays and then we're going to get into the year so far, talk about games that have come out that I have played and that I have not played, but I should have, and talk about games, five games that are on the horizon that should be on your radar as well. But before we do any of that, it is time for the six in 60 seconds. The Philadelphia Fusion go 1-1 one one in week two of the summer showdown, beating Guangzhou 3-0 and losing to Shanghai 0-3. Two more matches this week with Chengdu on Friday and the New York Excelsior on Saturday. Call of Duty League has announced Stage 5 Major in Texas and Championship Weekend in Los Angeles will have fans in attendance for the first time since the COVID-19 pandemic began. The International 10, the biggest Dota 2 event of the year and what will be the largest esports tournament ever, has found a new home in Bucharest, Romania after being kicked out of Stockholm, Sweden. The new start date for International is October 7th. Elsewhere, Nintendo has announced a new Nintendo Switch model with a 7-inch OLED screen, 64 gigs of internal storage, and a new dock with a built-in wired LAN adapter. EA's DICE LA Studio has rebranded to Ripple Effect Studios and are teasing a highly anticipated next-gen major experience for EA Play on July 22nd. And finally, Ubisoft announces that the next Assassin's Creed game, codenamed Infinity, will be a live service game a la Grand Theft Auto Online, Fortnite, and Destiny. Those are your six in 60 seconds. And as always, the six in 60 seconds are brought to you tonight by the sponsor of Cheek Sakes and Controllers, Ghost Shaver. The Ghost Shaver is designed to feel like it's an extension of your arm, allowing users to reach anywhere on the head, face, or body. The precision cutting system gives you a close and smooth shave every single time with five different rotary flex 
action, super thin blades, and a patented handheld design that fits into the palm of your hand precisely. Go to GhostShaver.com to check it out and get yours. That's Ghost Shaver, a shave above the rest. Yep, folks, there it is. Those are your 6 and 60 seconds. You can hear me stumbling over my words, so I'm out of practice uh, for podcasting for a week. But uh, the fact that Call of Duty League will have fans in attendance for their last two major events of the year is humongous. Uh, The Stage 5 major happening in, I think, three weeks' time, and the Championship weekend happening in mid-August. So very, very cool to see fans back in attendance for those. And then the new Nintendo Switch was the, the big... News from Nintendo this week, the 7-inch OLED screen, 64-gig internal storage, new dock with the built-in wired LAN adapter. Um, a lot of people shrugging over that, but I, I feel like uh, it's a it's a tale of two camps. The camp that plays on handheld most of the time is loving it, whereas the camp that plays docked is kind of like, eh, I'll wait and see if there's another big model coming so- uh, coming in the near future. I am right in the middle. Uh, I play about 50-50, so I could benefit from this new model, but at the same time, I'm kind of on the fence as to whether or not uh, I want to take that plunge. So we will see what happens in the near future as more news comes out on that. But enough about the Switch, enough about the news. Let's talk about the Overwatch League. And as I mentioned in the 6 and 60 seconds, your Philadelphia Fusion have decided to become the poster children for mediocrity. So... They have played two matches in the Summer Showdown tournament so far. They were off on week one and came back in week two. Uh, They beat Guangzhou three maps to zero with a draw in there. So they played seven maps. And they lost to the Shanghai Dragons 0-3. So they uh, have a zero map differential and are one and one going into these week three matches, which honestly... Makes sense. Uh, they came out in week one and were gangbusters. They came out in the first tournament, excuse me, and were gangbusters. They came out in the second tournament and kind of crapped the bed. So in the third tournament, why not be right in the middle and just be mediocre? Um, two big matches this week, which unfortunately, if you're listening to me on Saturday on the radio, you've already missed uh, the Friday matchup, which is the rarity uh, for these. Most of these are on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but this week, there is a Friday matchup. Uh, against Chengdu, and then Saturday morning against New York Excelsior early, early, early in the morning, because, again, they're still playing in Korea. So if you're listening to the 4 p.m. on Saturday play of this show, uh, check out the results at overwatchleague.com. Let's hope that we're talking about uh, some Sunday matches for the Fusion as they try to get into the finals of the Summer Showdown tournament. If not, then they'll be done, and we'll have to wait two more weeks for them to come back Again, so that's where your fusion stand. I do know that they are getting a big player back this week in Shockwave, someone who I thought was already on the team, but apparently just hit Korea this week. Um, so luckily, we'll be able to get him going and hopefully kick some butt uh, in these matches on Friday and Saturday, break through on Sunday, and get into that summer showdown final next week week but let's go through the week three schedule as we like to do here on cheese steaks and controllers and pick our winners now thursday matchups have already happened i am recording this on thursday night per usual uh atlanta 3-0 london which is no surprise and boston 3-0 houston uh which brings me to a 
rather surprising point. I go away on vacation for a week, and the western side of the Overwatch League goes completely topsy-turvy. The Boston Uprising, who couldn't buy a win in the May Melee Tournament back in the beginning of the season, now sit at 3-0 with a plus-8 map differential, only losing one map so far in three matches, which is frankly absurd um, considering the way that they were playing uh, with the top right now if uh, the matches were done these the top six qualifiers would be Boston Paris Atlanta Toronto Dallas and Houston to try and become one of those two teams in the summer showdown finals notice you did not hear names like Florida who have been dominating all year Washington who have been dominating all year San Francisco is not included in that and they have already played all four of their matches so there is a very good chance that san francisco could fall out and not qualify at all for the summer showdown which absolutely blows my mind but we will have to see what happens with them for the rest of the weekend it's out of their hands they've played their four matches in the summer showdown qualifiers all they can do is wait and hope right now they sit at seventh there are two teams tied for fifth dallas and houston both have plus two Map differentials, if Houston were to get 0-3'd again, that would move them to negative one and move San Francisco up. So there and then Washington and LA are still playing and they're all 3-0. There's a lot to be decided, but the Western Conference is absolutely topsy turvy. Um as I stand right here, right now. So, let's get into the matches here. First, uh Chengdu versus Philadelphia, Friday, July 9. Mm, I want to say that Philadelphia is going to win this, but again, I just don't know which team is going to show up if uh shockwave is there with them that could be a boost it's someone they've been waiting for all year but uh chengdu is playing in a live crowd in their side of the world so that could be a big thing for them as well i think i'm gonna go with chengdu here i hate to do it i hate to do it to them i want to be wrong but I do think it's going to be a Chengdu win. Now, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think we're talking 3-1 or 3-2. Um, but we're not We're not going to... I just don't see it happening in this summer showdown, unfortunately. The next match on Friday at 8 a.m. is uh, Shanghai versus the LA Valiant. And there is no doubt in my mind that Shanghai is going to 3-0 uh, the LA Valiant because they've 3-0'd basically everybody. Um, or, or, sorry, LA has been 3-0'd by everybody that's played them so far. Um, they have no map wins in the Summer Showdown at all, um, and they are just really, really bad. So I don't expect them to do any better here. And I actually missed one going back in time a little bit. Hangzhou and New York are playing at 5 a.m. on Friday. Uh, so if, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you will have already missed that match as well. Uh, I think New York wins, or Hangzhou is really not uh, living up to their potential at the moment. They are also very much set in the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. So do not ex I do not expect them to uh, take out New York here. So those first three matches, just to recap, for the Eastern uh, Eastern side, yes, uh, New York Excelsior, Chengdu Hunters, and Shanghai Dragons. Moving to Friday's Western Conference slate, we have Washington playing London, and that's a 3-0 for Washington because London just, again, can't buy a win, already having been 0-3'd. Uh, sitting very comfortably in the basement of the Western Conference. 
LA Gladiators and Toronto Defiant. This one's a little more interesting. We have Toronto sitting at fourth in the west side. LA fighting for a spot in the eighth spot, tied with the Justice. I think this match actually will depend on how Washington handles London in the previous match. And the reason I say that is because if London goes, or if Washington goes 3 0 and completely sweeps the Spitfire, then they go to a plus three map differential. They move up to just under Toronto and it knocks Houston down. So if LA wants to keep up, then they can 3-0 um, Toronto. Then they will be move up to the other side of the knockout cutoff too. But Toronto is also trying to hold on to their spot. And if they were to lose uh, 3-0 to the Gladiators, they would go down to, to, my, to plus one and be right on the cusp of that cutoff. So both of these teams are going to be fighting like crazy, especially if Washington does 3-0. I am leaning Toronto here. I do think Toronto gets the win uh, over the Gladiators. They just don't have it in the Summer Showdown based on the matches that I've seen, and they will keep their spot uh, in the top six. But I do think it's going to be a close one again, um, especially if Washington pulls it off against London. And then the Battle of Texas is Friday night at 6 o'clock. Dallas and Houston, these two teams are tied currently in the standings at 5th, just holding on to their knockout cutoff slots, both at a plus 2 map differential. Uh, so they are tied, as tied can be. And Houston is coming off a shocking 3-0 um, loss to the Boston Uprising. They were higher in the standings. They had a plus five map differential. They were sitting pretty in fourth place. And all of a sudden, one match against Boston, who just cannot be beat right now, slips them right down to the cusp of knockouts. And I think that because of that, they're going to want to come out firing. And they've lost to Dallas previously in the Battle of Texas. They just got humiliated by Boston. And they're going to want to right that ship. So I am going with Houston here. I could be wrong with that. I wouldn't be surprised if I am. And Dallas takes it again and uh, knocks Houston out, but uh, I think they're going to have a bit of a fire under them, and that's going to help them get over the Dallas Fuel hump. Moving on now to Saturday. Saturday is the remainder of the qualifiers for Summer Showdown. Last chance for a lot of teams to get it done. First one is your Philadelphia Fusion taking on the New York Excelsior, and uh, I do think they're going to go over the Excelsior here. I think uh, this, this series has been back and forth so far. They lost to New York uh, the first time, I do think they get that win back here. I think it's going to be a 3-2 close matchup, uh, kind of making up for the Chengdu match. So that I think actually the Philadelphia Fusion will finish 2-2 two and two with a zero map differential. Just dead center mediocre uh, for the summer showdown. I really do think that's the case here. I could be wrong and Shockwave will make a huge uh, adjustment and make a huge difference for the team, but I don't see that happening. So uh, Fusion over Excelsior 3-2. Uh, Chengdu over LA Valiant because everyone goes over the LA Valiant, like I just said. And Shanghai over Hang Xiao because Hang Xiao is very, very hard, uh, very, very hard pressed to be able to keep up with Shanghai, who has now made both of the in season tournament finals so far, winning one and coming in second in the other. So Shanghai is flying on all cylinders, and I expect that to continue right here. So for the Western side, uh, based on what I am looking at here, I think my qualifiers are going to be Seoul, who is sitting pretty at the top of the table here uh, with a 3-1 and one record. Unless uh, Shanghai goes 4-0, oh, uh, which I have them actually doing. So Shanghai goes 4-0, and, oh, and they'll take the first spot. Seoul will remain in second place because Chengdu and New York will not do enough to uh, meet them up at their plus-six differential. 
uh, I think then Chengdu and New York will hang on uh, to their spots, leaving Philadelphia, Hangzhou, Guangzhou, and LA Valiant on the outside looking in once again. I think it's going to be exactly the same as it was in the previous tournament. Same four teams moving on in the East uh, to get those final two spots for the Summer Showdown. Now, moving on in the West, we have Boston and Atlanta, and I have to take the hot hand here. Despite Atlanta being the third uh, team in the region right now, Boston just cannot be beat, so I'm going with them. Toronto versus Dallas. I think that Toronto will hold off the fuel here as well. And then Justice versus LA in what could be an absolutely crucial matchup for multiple teams. And I am going to lean Justice here in a close 3-2 to two matchup. I just see them coming over slightly, uh, the LA Gladiators, in that matchup, which would then make the table, I believe. If, I'm, if, I'm, if my math is correct, we'd have Boston at the top, we'd have Paris in second, we have Toronto in third, Atlanta, Dallas, and the Justice making up the top six. If my uh, if my math and what I've done here is correct. I could be wrong about that. Let's see how it pans out. Um, but those are the teams that I think are going to make it through. And of the remaining teams that I have uh, here, I think the eastern side is going to be Shanghai and Seoul. And I think the western side is going to be Boston and Atlanta. So Boston, Atlanta, Seoul, and Shanghai, uh, which will guarantee a final that we have not seen yet, even if Shanghai's still there, Dallas won't be, and that will give us um, something new to look forward to in the summer showdown. Now, um, action has already started, like I said. If you're listening to this when the podcast goes out, you have an opportunity to watch more matches this weekend. If you're listening on Saturday at 4 o'clock, you've already missed all the Fusion stuff, and hopefully I can be wrong about what I thought was going to happen. But either way, the Summer Showdown qualifiers are coming to a close. The Summer Showdown tournament looms. It is an exciting time for the Overwatch League. All right, now moving on to our second topic of the evening. Normally, like I said before, like I've said numerous times, I would do an on tap here to let you know the games that are coming out in the coming week. Um, the only one that's really of note this week is Monster Hunter Stories Two, um, which is a uh, RPG Pokemon style uh, take on the Monster Hunter series. First one is supposedly very good, and the second one is uh, getting pretty good reviews as well. So, uh, stories, Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, out today, if you're listening to the podcast, yesterday, if you're listening to the radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. And for our second topic of the night, if, even though um, E3 and all of those big presentations have completed, uh, some companies have decided they want to keep doing some live streamed announcement uh, showcases. And PlayStation was the next one to jump on board with the PlayStation State of Play for uh, July the 8th. Now, if you had not heard about this, um, I'm going to temper your expectations right now. They immediately came out and said it would focus on third-party games and indie games, so no big first-party titles. Uh, they immediately came out and said there would be no God of War or Horizon, so you can 
temper your expectations there as well. That said, there were some pretty cool announcements, uh, one of which really, really makes me happy, which we'll get into. Uh, but after we go through the announcements, I want to talk about State of Play as a whole. So let's start off with that first announcement, and that is a sequel to the PlayStation VR uh, smash hit Moss. Moss Book 2 uh, is coming to PlayStation VR either later this year or early next year. Once again, starring the little uh, mouse hero named Quill. Uh, and again, you will be playing as the reader, overlooking the scene and manipulating the world and helping him fight monsters. Just a really, really awesome VR game, uh, the first Moss was. So to hear that there is a sequel coming to that makes me very excited. And hopefully it lives up to the lofty expectations that the first one has set. Second announcement was Arcade Genin, a, uh, a game coming out from Ilphonic, the first time they have self-published a game uh, as a studio. Ilphonic, who recently made the Predator Hunting Grounds uh, multi asymmetric multiplayer game. If you remember that, this is a... Uh, it, this one's got a little bit of Fortnite in it, a little bit of Splatoon in it, a little bit of uh, that sort of uh, aesthetic, that sort of look to it and it's starring a, a girl who inherits an arcade that is trying to keep it going and in order to do so she has to do these challenges to make money it's an interesting little uh approach to the uh shoot looter shooter format I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this uh pans out and i don't have to wait very long early access has already started on ps5 and the epic game store so i'm i'm interested to check that out probably after they're done recording this podcast and editing it all together i might jump into that uh tonight Next, we have Tribes of Midgard uh, unveiling its first post-launch plans. Uh, Tribes of Midgard is a uh, hack-and-slash sort of game, kind of like a Diablo isometric RPG style, but you also have to uh, build build uh, houses and villages and collecting resources to do things like that in uh, from nightly invasions, and then you will start to build up your town, build up your world, and going in through that uh they announced their uh their plans for after launch so dlc plans and things like that pretty cool little trailer i just don't know a whole lot about uh the action rpg tribes of midgard uh this trailer did pique my interest but i don't know if it piqued it enough to get me to play it later on uh the next one is fist forged in shadow torch which is a metroidvania action style game that i have been interested in for quite a while it's got a unique little look to it uh with its rabbit main character a rabbit with a giant fist uh good for punching uh the fist is actually attached to his back and works like a third arm that helps him get around uh the world the playstation blog does a very good job of introducing this person to you, this character to you this rabbit to you especially for the uh in in the context of a side-scrolling platformer like this game it shows the different attacks he can do. It's got a, a whole all about this main character. His name is Rayton, um, that you can play as in this game, Fist Forged and Shadow Torch. Also got a release date of September seventh uh, for PS five and PS four. Uh, so that is a if you like side scrolling platformer games that do something a little bit different, this might be one that you could keep an eye on for yourself. Next up, we had Hunter's Arena Legends. The trailer started with uh, a preview from the State of Play announcer who said, what if you fighting games did Battle Royale? And that was like a major uh, huh moment for me, uh, basically turning a Battle Royale from a 100-person shooter, like Fortnite, what I'm used to, to a 30-person uh, sword play, sold caliber fighting game sort of thing. Uh, but you're still like doing the Battle Royale 
uh, format at the same time. It was an interesting trailer, showed off the combat uh, overview, system overview, how things happen in this game. I need to see a little bit more. Um, luckily, it is PlayStation Plus as soon as it launches later this summer, so I'll be able to jump in risk-free, and if I don't like it, I can just stop playing it. Um, but an interesting little idea that they have there. I'm curious what's going on with that one. Look cool from the first, look cool from the jump, uh, but not really breaking down the walls uh, of my uh, house in anticipation of that game. Next was another look at two big-time indie games coming soon. The first is Sifu from the uh, Slow Clap Studio, who did Absolver. This is an interesting little uh, fighting game uh, with a little fight club action. I, every time I see this game, I, look, I like it more. Um, I really want to see more and, and learn more about this game as it comes out. Absolver, for everything weird that it did, it had a great combat system. The fighting itself was very, very good. And if they could transfer that into a adventure game like Sifu seems to be, uh, I am very. That's going to be on my um, most anticipated list for the year 2022, uh, which it was delayed into 2022. We also found out as well. Next, we had Jet the Far Shore, which is an exploration game you're on an alien planet exploring it for the first time and basically making all these discoveries but it's not a game that really focuses on combat it, or it focuses on actually staying out of conflict and just trying to explore this world as peacefully and thoughtfully as possible um every time i see this one too it, it, it's really really interesting what they're trying to do here in this game uh, at first, I thought it was Race the Sun because it had a little bit of a little bit of a look to it, but then I realized it was Jet. And I'm watching this and listening to the the uh, voiceover talk about this trailer, and I'm really really into it. I really think it's a solid idea, uh, definitely different than what we're used to. It's like No Man's Sky a little bit, but without the uh, the combat portion or without the the uh, not the violence, let's say the violence portion, but the the you know the fighting. Um, just focusing on the exploration and trying not to get yourself killed. Uh, so it adds a little bit of a realistic spin to some this situation. Very, very interested in that. That's one I could talk about for a while. Hopefully when it comes out, I'll be doing just that. Next, we got a little more on the anime game coming from Sega, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaba, the Hinakami Chronicles, uh, based on the anime Kimetsu no Yaba, Demon Slayer. I know nothing about this, but the trailer looked like hack and slash action game that I would expect from an anime series, so good. I hope the fans of the anime are happy. Next up is Lost Judgment, uh, the sequel to Judgment, which is a spinoff of the Yakuza series, where instead of committing the crimes as part of the Yakuza, you are trying to solve the crimes as part of the police force. Um... The balance between, like, super hard-hitting uh, melee action and absolute silliness is something that I will never be able to achieve. But y the Yakuza devs uh, seem to be able to do this every time they touch a game. So uh, this trailer had everything, all of that. It had the silliness and it had the seriousness. Um, and it was really, really interesting. I got to play the first Judgment. In fact, I have to play the entire Yakuza series. Um, I haven't played a single game, and now thanks to Xbox Game Pass, I have them all downloaded to my uh, console. I just have to get around to actually playing them. Um, I don't know when that's going to be, but at some point, I do want to knock those games out. 
Two more announcements from State of Play. Uh, first was Death Stranding Director's Cut. We got a little more of a look as what's go- what's going to be added to this new version of Death Stranding when it comes to PlayStation 5 in September. Also got the announcement that if you bought it on PlayStation 4, you can upgrade to this uh, digital deluxe edition of the Director's Cut for just an extra $10 as opposed to paying full price again, which I am very happy with. Uh, would I prefer it to be free? Yeah, sure, but they're adding enough to it, it seems, to make it worth that $10 price tag. Not that I have played it yet. Uh, that's another one that's very much looming on my uh, looming on my backlog that I've wanted to, to I've wanted to play for a while. I own it. It's here somewhere. I just have to you know make the time to sit down and do it. Uh, and then finally was the game that was advertised for the show Deathloop. Nine minutes of Deathloop gameplay anchoring a state of play for PlayStation despite being an Xbox Studios game now. That was a big point of contention for the internet today. Uh, This game looks like an absolute trip. I have no idea what's happening at all, but I am fascinated by it. It's like that scene in that one episode of uh, The Simpsons where Homer is sitting watching Twin Peaks and the weird Twin Peaks scene is is, uh, playing out. and He just laughs to himself and says, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. That's me with Deathloop, but I love it. Uh, the soundtrack in this game was really, really awesome. Uh, the the action was awesome. The the uh, setting that it was giving us and the explanation of what was happening around this demo was really cool. I am more and more intrigued about this game as days go on. Uh, the fact that it's Arcane who made Dishonored is a huge boost as well. Uh, this may be one that shocks me, even though it shouldn't. Right, it, it's it's a, one of the biggest profile games of the year. It was supposed to come out earlier in the year, and then it got delayed. So now it's anchoring a state of play. It shouldn't surprise me that this game, if this game is good, they certainly marketing it like it's a good one. But we'll see. We'll see what happens when it actually launches on September the fourteenth. So that was your state of play, which some of to some of you may th- you may think, wow, that wasn't a whole lot to really sink your teeth into. And I would agree with you. Uh, They did say that it would be focused on third parties and indies, but I didn't realize how little there would be. There was, what, 12 announcements, I think? Moss, Arcade Geddon, Tribes of Midgard, Fist, Hunter's Arena, Sifu, Jet the Far Shore, Demon Slayer, Lost Judgment, Deathloop, and Death Stranding. Sorry, 11 announcements in a half hour. That's not bad, but at the same time, how many of these little appetizer style state of plays is sony going to put out before they start giving us a big chunk of meat where's the main course so think about it nintendo and xbox if you're if we're comparing just the big three nintendo xbox and sony they are the three that tend to be most considered head-to-head competitors um by the gaming masses uh nintendo with the switch microsoft with the xbox sony with the playstation Two of those three have already blown out what they're going to be doing for the rest of the year uh, and and even beyond into 2022, and that's Microsoft and uh, Nintendo. They did that at E3, which they participated in uh, after participating in it for many, many years since its inception, or in Xbox's case, their inception. PlayStation, meanwhile, is content to sit back and twiddle their thumbs and ju- make us wait and wait and wait more for new information on the games that we want to play from them. Now, there was a state of play that focused solely on Horizon back in, what, late May, early June. That's fine. 
But eventually, you're going to have to give us one of those big-time presentations a la the two you gave us last year in the lead-up to PlayStation 5's launch. I'm not saying you have to tell us every game that you have in your pipeline from the games that are just about out to the games that are still in concept stage. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Microsoft had their impactful uh, announcement uh, showcase. Nintendo had their impactful announcement showcase. Sony needs their turn. They need to pull the trigger on a large state of play an hour long or a little over an hour long, just like their press conferences at E3 used to be. Basically what they did in June and September last year, the first one that started with uh, Miles Morales and the second one that started with Final Fantasy 16. Both of them were excellent. They were PS5 showcases and they were, you know, mostly for the new console that hadn't launched yet, but that didn't make them any less impactful. It gave the fans something to look forward to, something to dig into, something to anticipate uh just like microsoft and nintendo did right now if i go through the list of games that are coming out between now and the end of the year let's see how many sony studio games or or playstation exclusive games are actually on the way shall we first one ghost of tsushima director's cut fine games already came out kenna bridge of spirits that's a big one, more of a second uh, a, a second party developer thing going there with Ember Lab kind of doing their own thing, but Sony really bankrolling it. Also on PC. Scrolling through the list here for PS5 exclusives, that Fist that I mentioned that was part of this, okay, indie game, not really blowing down the doors. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. We are now in October... Ghostwire Tokyo, which is TBA still. Bethesda hasn't said a word about it. Great. Moving on. And that's it. That's everything that has dates. Now, Horizon uh, Forbidden West is heavily rumored to be coming out this year. But back in May, they didn't give us a date. That was a perfect opportunity to give us at least a target date, say Q4 or November or something. They didn't give us anything. So how are we to know if that game is actually coming out? And there are people who really, you know, went out of their way to try and either get a console at face value, which has proven to be very difficult for a lot of people, or they shelled out a bunch of extra money on third-party sites through scalpers or what have you, and they want to know what games they're going to be playing. And you haven't given them any, at least no set dates as to what to expect. So when is that going to change? When are you? When is Sony going to come out and say, all right, let's have a showcase, hour and a half, show all these cool games that are coming. Heck, a lot of the games that were in those showcases last year we haven't heard about yet. We mentioned Ghostwire, that uh, Annapurna game, Stray, where you play as the cat. That hasn't been heard of yet. There's all kinds of things that we either know about but haven't had new information, or we just don't even know exist. And they said that there were 25 or so, I think it was the number was 25, just over two dozen PlayStation 5 exclusives with PlayStation Studios right now. Where the hell are they? Show us. Show us what you can show us. And then we'll believe you. But for now, we have nothing. Microsoft enjoyed a fantastic E3 showcase. Nintendo enjoyed a fantastic E3 Nintendo Direct. Sony, where are you? 
We want to know what you're bringing us. We want to know what games we are going to be playing on your console. We need you to tell us. Please. What is coming to PlayStation 5 that can get me to stop playing Fortnite? I need you to tell me. And this state of play, while I had some good stuff, is not cutting it. And it takes a lot for me to say that. I'm usually the guy that defends state of plays, defends Nintendo Directs when they are considered to be lackluster. And I do not want to discount any of the games that were presented today. All of them look good. All of them have their, you know, their ups and downs. Moss Book 2 in particular, I will always speak out about. Death Stranding, Director's Cut is cool. Deathloop is cool. The indie games are cool. But we need the heavy hitters. We need the games that you showed us or teased. We need the big surprises that we don't know about. When is that going to happen, Sony? Until then... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill unfortunately we don't really have a lot to be excited about coming from you on your own console and that that's a problem so fix it please soon what do you got for us sony let us know all right, finally tonight, let's go over the year 2021 so far. So I'm going to do this in uh, games that have released uh, and games that are soon to be released that I am very much looking forward to. So I've broken down this list into three sections. Uh, games that have come out so far that I have played and I highly recommend. Games of 2021 that are out but I have not played yet, including one that is a real travesty. And I know that a certain person at this radio station, when he hears this, will not be happy with me. But we'll get into that. And five games from 2021 that are still to come that I am very, very excited for. So let's get into the games that I have played. Uh, first off, from back in January, Hitman 3 uh, was just absolutely excellent. It was basically a playground for someone whose job is assassinating people. <laughs> Instead of giving you like narrow linear missions, it gave you this giant world and you could figure out different ways to enter and different ways to approach your kill and then get your kill and then get out of there. Disguises everywhere, uh, the different kind of weapons that you can use, the way that you can use items in your surroundings to help you. Just a really, really cool, cool game. Uh, the manor. Uh, mission in this game the, the mansion mission I think it's I don't remember exactly what it's called uh, was basically a whodunit detective mystery while you're trying to assassinate the person that you're trying to assassinate It's it was phenomenal I loved every second of it 
And uh, that is a game I cannot recommend enough. I do not want it to be forgotten because it came out in January. It sh- as of right now, it should still see a lot of uh, hype when it comes to the end of the year. I want a lot of people talking about it because it was very, very good. And still is with all the DLC that they're adding to it. Uh, but that, that is definitely one that should be on your radar if you haven't played it yet. Hitman 3 was excellent. Next one is Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade, a, the PS5 upgrade of my Game of the Year of 2020, Final Fantasy VII Remake, plus with an extra side mission starring Yuffie Kisaragi, the uh, ninja, teenage ninja character from Final Fantasy VII. This was, you know, it's more Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, in 60 frames per second with, with enhanced 4K graphics, which obviously is amazing. But I'm focusing on Intergrade here because I thought it was a really, really cool, like, segue sort of uh, mission that introduced Yuffie and what she's all about it talked about uh it gave her you know it gave her more of a purpose than she had in the previous game and the, the original game she was optional you could go through without even recruiting her which is absurd to me uh but you know bringing in sonnen uh to be her you know her companion was was pretty cool the the introdu- introduction of team up moves where you can enhance your moves by you know syncing with Sonnen and then doing a move where you both attacked and sync at the same time that was awesome uh, the story implications both in the characters that appear towards the ends of the game uh, especially the final boss who I will not spoil if you haven't played it yet all the way to the videos that play after you beat the final boss uh, a lot to like uh, in the future of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and it might even be sooner than you think, uh, just based on the video that I saw. I could be wrong about that, but definitely a lot uh, to like there. My only issue was that the side chapter, Intergrade, was uh, only two chapters long. Uh, It was not a very extensive DLC. I had it done in about three to four hours, but I have a feeling that because Intergrade is another fancy word for... uh, like inner, inner, uh, it's another fancy word for like side or, or something or I, there was a reason that I looked at this um, that, I, that I got the idea that this might not be the only uh, intermission that they do uh, the reason that this was so short was because they may start adding chapters to it featuring other characters which would be really cool it would be a cool way to introduce all these characters that people weren't used to um, and give them a little bit of a spotlight before they join the main group Love that idea. I hope it's what they do. And I hope the next one is Kate Sith. Next up, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Uh, I technically have not finished this game. I am sitting at Bowser at the final boss. Uh, But the reason is, uh, in Super Mario 3D World at least, but the reason is this is uh, the first adventure that I have played with my older daughter. Uh, Her and I played it basically the entire game together. Uh, in every zone, and, and admittedly, it was mostly me doing everything and her floating in a bubble, just following me. But um, it is the it will, once we beat Bowser, it will mark the first ever game that we have beaten together, uh, playing at the same time, even if what she's doing is not technically playing, and that just warms my warms my soul. So, uh, and not to mention, it's a great game and a, a, def, a game that should have been ported from the Wii U. So I'm glad it was. Uh, the Bowser's Fury chapter is also very, very cool. I love the approach that they're taking to Mario, and I hope there's an entire game that does stuff like this, because this is just really, really, really cool to have this looming threat that could show up at any time, and 
world, a giant world with different sections and different puzzles within those sections, sort of like Odyssey, but enhanced even further. Just a very, very cool format that I hope they continue doing in the future. Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, put that on your list. Got one for the PC fans here. That's Evil Genius 2. Evil Genius lets you be Dr. Evil, be the Bond villain, and raise your uh, evil empire from the ground up. If you don't want to be the hero and you want to do some evil things, um, Evil Genius 2 is a good way to do that. Plays a lot like, uh, or has the aesthetic a lot of the of the Bond movies of the time, as do the villains. You've got your, your bald guy in the gray suit, looks just like uh, Blofeld or Dr. Evil. You've got uh, the, the scientist lady. You've got the big... Er, Ivan guy, I think is his name. Just a really awesome little strategy simulation sort of game with a lot of humor attached to it, a lot of dark humor as well, uh, and a game that you could easily burn 30, 40 hours in without even realizing you're doing it. Um, Evil Genius 2, certainly an awesome, awesome PC title uh, that I recommend you check out if you're the kind of person that likes those sort of strategy games. And finally, and I know I've raved about this game a couple times before on this podcast, but I cannot say enough about it, and that's Genosha uh, for the Nintendo Switch. It was a port of a Vita game that came out about 10 years ago uh, in Japan only, but also came over to the States. It is a uh, dialogue-heavy, like visual novel sort of game where you are playing through loops of the same thing over and over again. You're trying to figure out who the aliens are, or who the infected people are, I should say. Uh, and you're listening to dialogue every single time, ma- making deductions and accusing people. It's just, it's so well done. It should be boring. It absolutely should be boring with the way that you just go through loop after loop after loop over and over and over again with nothing changing. But my goodness, uh, it, it basically uses that boredom against you uh, or, or as, as a way to enhance the fun of the game because as mundane as looping can get when something happens where you're not looping where something like is triggered and you get an extra scene your excitement form is just that much higher so uh, i loved the game it was a nice little it was a different it was different definitely a different style game that i'm used to and one that i do plan on playing again uh in the near future because i really really liked it it's it's a game that i i can see myself going back to uh and listening to it all over or watching it all over again so those are the five highlights that i've played so far i can't pick a game of the year right now uh just because i haven't played a lot of 2021 games uh my backlog is filling up every single day uh and i picked out five of them that are particularly egregious especially for me um that i am now going to out myself on not having actually played yet uh the first is resident evil village i am playing it now uh for the first time finally because i have to review a uh, set of headphones um, that is partnering with Resident Evil, so we'll talk about that later um, when it happens. But uh, now I'm finally playing through Village for the first time at night with uh, surround sound headphones on and nobody around, so I bet this will go well for me. If you could all please dial 9-1 on your phones, and then if I tell you to dial 1 again as I'm playing it, I would very much appreciate it. Next one is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now, I was I was apathetic towards this just because I had not played a Ratchet and Clank game before. The Rift mechanic is super, super cool, and I want to play it, but I just, I'm not, I'm afraid that uh, I won't be as into the story because I haven't played those Ratchet and Clank games. I'm going to get over it eventually and just, you know, man up and play it. But right now, right now, I'm just, I have other things to do, and that's, 
as, as good as that game sounds, it's a little lower on my list than others. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush is a particularly egregious entry into this list because I am a big fan of Mario Golf. Always have been since the uh, since the Nintendo 64 and GameCube days. And the fact that I haven't played Super Rush yet is pretty, pretty bad. So I do want to fix that soon. In fact, my cousin uh, over the weekend was yelling at me to get on and play some online uh, matches with them. And I haven't done it yet because I haven't bought it. So hope that's a good reason to not have played yet. Uh, the fourth one is It Takes Two, which was an uh, indie game developed, or, sorry, published by EA and developed by the same studio that made um, A Way Out and Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. I want to play this game a lot. People have been calling it like their game of the year or close to their game of the year who have played it. Uh, but it requires two people. Uh, it's a companion game, and I haven't had a second controller for a while. I do now. Uh, so I now I could play this game finally. And I need a companion to play it with. I'm not sure if I should play it with my wife or my daughter or somebody else. Uh, but I do want to get into that. It's a game I want to play. And uh, that is definitely on my radar, I promise. Don't hate me. And finally, the last one, the most egregious one, the one that's going to get me yelled at is New Pokemon Snap. I have not purchased that game yet. I have not bought it yet. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't know why it's taken me so long. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I know I have to get it. I know I have to play it. I know it's going to be a game that I love and I've been waiting for it for a long time. I just haven't done it yet. Lay off me. <laughs> um, I do hear it's very, very good. It's a good nostalgia trip for those who played the original game like I did. Um, it still has all of the little secret Pokemon hidden away that you can rustle out to take pictures of. Really, really excited to finally get into it when I can get around to it. Not sure when that's going to be. And then finally, the five games in 2021 still to come. Um, I think I may have written this list out in chronological order, which was very smart by me. Uh, first is Neo, The World Ends With You. That is the closest one coming at the end of this month, July. Uh, the World Ends With You, highly underrated DS title from 2008. I 100%ed that game when it came out. I was so into it. Um, and Neo is the sequel to that. The demo is out now on um, Nintendo Switch and PlayStation if you want to check it out for yourself. Very, very culturally specific. Uh, might not be a culture that you're used to or into, but it's not bad. It's, it's definitely something you can get into. Uh, and uh, the music is incredible. The voice acting is good. So far, so good. Uh, I'm hoping that the rest of that game comes out just as well as the demo does. Next up is 12 Minutes, which I've talked about on this uh, podcast before. The three-person, it's, oh, it's a single-player game about a man stuck in a time loop where every time he goes through the loop, he learns more and more about the situation that he's in. Uh, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe are the voices of the three characters. Um, not much more I could say about that other than you need to play this game when it comes out in August. Please play this game when it comes out in August. Next, we have two October releases. First, Metroid Dread, and it's more Metroid. I'm not exactly sure what else I have to say about that, but it's more 2D Metroid a la Super Metroid and um, Metroid Fusion and games like that. Uh, Emmy, the giant robot that follows Samus around, looks like a really, really cool um, villain, and I'm definitely looking forward to that one. The other October release is Back for Blood, the Left for Dead spiritual successor by the studio that helped create the original two Left for Deads uh, back in the late aughts. Um, I have played the closed alpha of this. I have seen many, many trailers for this one, and it just makes me really excited. I love the Left for Dead games. They were right up my alley. They came out right when I was 21, 22. 
loved playing them with friends online at night. Uh, had a lot of friends who would play with me in in those in those uh, foursomes. It was really really cool, and I hope that Back for Blood can capture that again because not many games can, not many games have, especially the multiplayer games that I've tried. Uh, and if Back for Blood can bring me back to that feeling, I'll be very very happy with it. And finally, Dying Light 2 Stay Human. This is a game that has had a very tumultuous sort of development cycle, but it's one that I am really, really, really into. Um, First-person zombie survival game, where if you're out at night, the zombies are more powerful, but the nests that they stay in are abandoned, and there's good loot down there. During the daytime, things are less dangerous, but you also have the other humans to worry about. Just a really, really cool take on the... uh, zombie genre by the studio who previously made dead island and then or, or some devs that made Dead island and then jump ship to make their own thing um very excited for this one very very excited for dying light to stay human uh make sure you keep that on your radar as well and there are games that i did not mention uh horizon uh forbidden west as i mentioned earlier in the podcast and a couple other games that i'm looking forward to but i don't know if they're going to make this year so Uh, that's what's happened so far in 2021. That's still what's left to come in 2021. Plenty of games to be played, plenty of fun to be had. Uh, Make sure you get your game plan out so you know what you want to play as soon as your game launches. And with that, we are at the end of episode 55 of the Cheese Stakes and Controllers podcast, presented by Fox BHL The Gambler, 102.5 FM, 1480 AM, and iHeartRadio. My name is Jason Fidelli. I am the esports and gaming insider for Fox BHL The Gambler, and I hope that you have a stellar, fantastic week. I hope you look forward to more Overwatch League action throughout the weekend. Uh, We've got some Call of Duty League on tap as well, leading up to those fan in attendance major tournaments coming up at the end of the month and the uh, next month. Uh, The International is something to look forward to. There's still all kinds of League of Legends happening. Plenty of esports to talk about uh, coming up in the near future. The fighting game circuit is starting to get back into full swing. It's a beautiful, beautiful time to be a gamer, and it's only getting better as the days go on. So... Have a great week. Stay safe. Make sure that you do all the fun things that you do in the summertime. We will be back next week to talk about more of the greatest in video games and esports that there is. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.